0: Jesus suffering on the cross is a picture difficult to understand. He was betrayed by a friend, arrested and falsely sentenced to death. He was beaten and whipped, a crown made of thorns pressed into his head. Bearing the cross, he stumbled and staggered up the hill to Golgotha. Each step of the journey getting worse, spit on, cursed. But Jesus never looked back, he kept going. Jesus could have avoided the cross, called down fire from heaven, or summoned legions of angels to rescue him, to save him. But Jesus was not interested in saving himself. He was all about saving you. Every detail of this torturous path to the cross was part of God's plan to bring you to him we're all broken we've all messed up and have all made wrong choices and no one had to teach us as a baby about anger and selfishness we just came out that way sort of a sin covering but on the cross with his blood he shed the bible says jesus blotted out our record of sin nailing it to his cross the blood of jesus washes away our sin covering and his blood is our ticket our ticket to enter through a new door a forever relationship door with God so what do we do with this great news the bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved You see, it's not enough to believe in Jesus with just your head. You must believe with your heart. Now, there's just one person alone at the foot of the cross. It is you. What will you say to Jesus? Say thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. I'm giving you my heart today, Jesus. I do believe you died for me and that you were raised from the dead for me. Please give me a new heart and a new life right now. God hears you and He is answering your prayer. The love of God is being poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit.
1: And now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to move on to our next teaching. And this one is the one. That turns heads around the world. And we teach in this ministry to watch. And I just showed that to you. I just went through the entire teachings of watching. And it's only found in Luke, where we're told to watch. And that goes directly to 1 Thessalonians and Revelation 3 and Revelation 16 to watch, to keep watch, and not lose your garments. Because the bride doesn't lose our white, gorgeous robe. The bride keeps her white garment and the others have to sell their garments and buy swords so they can make it through the tribulation so there's a great difference between watching as we're told in luke and then the verse that everyone else likes to tout no one knows the day and the hour no one knows the day and the hour is for those who aren't watching it's for those who are asleep the sleeping church the jews who've never come to christ They're the ones who don't know the day and the hour, but the bride, Luke, the light is keeping watch as I just showed you in the prior teaching. And now we're gonna get into this. We're gonna finally get into those in Luke, the bride who keep watch versus all those in the sleeping church and those that are the Jews who've never come to Christ. They're the ones who are running around always telling you no one knows the day and the hour because they don't care to know the day and the hour. Think of what I'm telling you. The church is so far asleep. Those people are running after their cares of the world. They're running after their next vacation, their bigger house, the nice car. They're busy. Maybe they go to church on Easter or Christmas or maybe a couple times in the year. Or they're fighting people in the parking lot when they're trying to come in or when they're leaving and they're fighting over a parking space. Or they're fighting with their their family or their friends or their coworkers. They're asleep. They're not watching as we are. They're not staying up. For three, four, five hours watching these videos. They're not up every night trying to edify their family. And their friends. They're not up every night digging into the scriptures as we are. In this sword of God ministry. They are not doing those things. Therefore the church is sleeping. This is why they don't know the day and the hour. And I'm going to prove that to you with scriptures alone. It actually says that. And then I'm going to prove to you. Why the Jews. Why, why, do, why does it say it in Matthew also. Like it does in Mark. No one knows the day and the hour. Because think about what I'm saying to you. This is so profound. Luke is for the bride of Christ. Mark is for the sleeping church. And I just went over the reasons why the sleeping church doesn't know the day and the hour. Because they really are asleep. Their cares are for the cares of this world. They don't care to diligently seek the Lord. They don't care to diligently try to find him with scripture. But why do the Jews in Matthew? Because Matthew is for the Jews, right? Right? So why does it also say they don't know the day and the hour? Because they've never come to Christ. I want that to impact you. If the Jews have never come to Christ and we know they haven't, they don't read the Gospels. This is why they don't know the day and the hour. Think about what I just said to you. I'm going to say it again. The Jews who do not believe in Jesus Christ, they don't believe in him at all. Why don't they know the day and the hour? Because they don't read the Gospels. If they read the Gospels and they read specifically the Gospel of Luke, they will know the day and the hour because they'll know to watch. Drop the mic. Do you see how profound it is? It's a circular argument. Those teaching out of Mark are teaching for the sleeping church. That's why they don't know the day and the hour. And those teaching out of the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew is for the Jews. Well, the Jews read the Torah. The Jews don't read the Gospels. This is why they don't know the day and the hour. Now, I'm going to get into the very, very profound details of what I just said to you. In this teaching, brothers and sisters, we are going to literally show you that it's only in Mark and Matthew that Jesus tells the sleeping church in Mark and the sleeping Jews in Matthew that no one will know the day and the hour, but only in the Gospel of Luke. And we know Luke means light, that we, the bride of Christ, the light of Christ, Jesus tells us to watch, as we just showed in the prior teaching. It's only in Luke are we being shown the only day of the year to keep watch for. And now we know that that's Passover. The night of remembrance, the night of watching, as our dear brother Wu taught us in the last couple of videos. The night where Jesus Christ makes his covenant to us, his bride, Passover. Passover. He makes his covenant to us and promises us he's going to give us his body so that we, the bride of Christ, don't have to die. He gives us his body in in place of our body. And that's only found in the gospel of Luke, not Mark and Matthew. In Mark and Matthew, he doesn't give his body for them. He doesn't die in place for them. They're going to have to die through tribulation for him. Now, watch how profound this is going to be. I'm going to backtrack a little bit just so you can all follow along. I want you to see how the stories play out. If we go into um, I'll just do one as an example. So if we go to Luke 21, this is how the stories play out in Scripture. and starting from Mark 13, here's how the stories play out in Scripture. and in Matthew 24, here's how the stories play out in Scripture. So let's go to Luke 21 and I'll just show you really quick so I can show you that it is in order and how some of the stories are different. So when we go to the chart, Let's go to when Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. See, they all begin that way. Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. So now we know it's the starting point, right? Okay, Same. we're going to start from the same starting point and then go through the stories and see if they're still in the proper order and what stories are the same and what stories are different. So let's go to where Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple in Luke. Right here. Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple, right? Jesus foretells wars and persecution. Jesus foretells destruction of Jerusalem, the coming of the Son of Man, the lesson of the fig tree, watch yourselves, right? He tells us to watch. Here it is. Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. Jesus foretells the wars and persecution. Jesus foretells destruction of Jerusalem, the coming of the Son of Man, the lesson of the fig tree, and watch yourselves, right? What does it say in Mark? Let's do that. Let me just do that just so no one thinks that we've skipped anything let's go to mark 13 okay jesus foretells the destruction of the temple there it begins there the signs of the close of the age hmm this isn't in in luke hmm we're going to get back to that the abomination of desolation that's not in luke ah the coming of the son of man that's there the lesson of the fig tree and there it is it ends with no one knows that day or hour what did luke end in What did Luke just end in? We saw that. Watch yourselves. And now we see in Mark, it ends with no one knows the day and the hour. How about Matthew? Right? We just gone through Luke, we just gone through Mark. Now let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 24. Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. So there we are. This is our beginning point, right? And there it is. The signs of the end of the age. That's not in Luke. But it's in Mark, right? And the abomination of desolation. That's in Mark, but it's not in Luke. The coming of the Son of Man is there. The lesson of the fig tree. And now it ends again with no one knows the day and the hour. Isn't that what I just told you? The Jews don't read the scriptures because they've never come to Christ. This is why he says no one knows a day in the hour. But I'm going to get into a more profound reason why he says no one knows a day in the hour. And it's not for the reasons that you think. This revelation was given upon me and Brother Wu a long time ago. I'm going to reveal that revelation to you in this teaching. We've been wanting to teach this for a long time, but we've had to put it off because we had other teachings to get to. But we're going to finally prove once and for all <clears throat> why it says no one knows the day in the hour, only in Mark and Matthew. Watch this. You see, they begin with the same story. Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. <clears throat> then it changes. Now, Jesus foretells of wars and persecution. But in Mark and Matthew, he talks about the sign of the close of the age and the end of the age. This is the close of the age. And this is the end of the, you see how it's getting different now. And Jesus foretells the destruction of Jerusalem, but in Mark and Matthew, it's the abomination of desolations. There is no abomination of desolations told in in Luke. Why? Because the bride escapes. We're not here for what happens in Mark and Matthew for tribulation. You see? Then each one, he tells when the the coming of the son of man is going to be. The lessons of the fig tree. We taught all these in our last two videos. Okay. And how does Luke end? Watch yourselves. Mark ends with no one knows the day and the hour. Matthew ends with no one knows the day and the hour. Why? It's for the reasons I just explained to you. Now, let's start with this one. Why does Jesus say here? I'm not sorry, I'm sorry. Why does this story say Jesus foretells the destruction of Jerusalem? Why? Because it's now. This is the now, brothers and sisters. This is the now. This is what's about to take place. We're here. The destruction of Jerusalem is about to take place. Isn't that what I just showed you in Daniel 9-2 and Daniel 9-24 and pointed out the 70 years have been completed from the Passover of 1950, April 4th, 1950 to April 4th, 2021, completed 70 years. I know some of you are adding and saying it's 71. It's not 71. It's completing 70 and then turns to the beginning of the 71st. When you turn 71, you, on your birthday, you just turned 71. You didn't complete 71. This is the same thing I'm telling you. On April 4th, 2021, Jerusalem, not Israel, Jerusalem completed 70 Passovers, completed. And then it turns into their 71st, but they're not gonna complete their 71st until this year. And this is what I'm trying to explain to you. They're not gonna make it to this Passover this year. They're not gonna make it to their 71st because I just showed you in Daniel 9.2 and Daniel 9.24. It talks about the desolations, destructions of Jerusalem After they've completed their 70 years, and I just showed that to you, right? So it's only in Luke. I want you to see how profound this is. It's only in Luke where Jesus is foretelling the destruction of Jerusalem, not the destruction of the temple, not the destruction of some marketplace, but the destruction of Jerusalem as an entire city. And it's not told in Mark and Matthew because it's already been destroyed. It's been destroyed over here. I want you to think how profound this is. Don't you see the world stage getting set for the destructions of Jerusalem, for the destructions of Israel? We're all watching right now. Aren't we watching? Isn't that what I just taught you in Luke, that Luke is for the bride of Christ and we're to keep watch and we'll know the signs and the seasons? And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 and 5, 2, what does he say? For you, brethren, I have no need to write unto you of the signs and the seasons, right? Because we already know. Because we know perfectly, he says. Because we know perfectly. Because we are the bride of Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit is guiding us to the temple of God as we're taught in Luke 2, as I just showed you. Simeon, by the power of the Holy Ghost, was taken by the Spirit into the temple. Just like we are. A type and shadow of Simeon being taken to the temple of God through the Holy Ghost. By the Spirit. So only in Luke does Jesus foretell the destruction of Jerusalem because it's for the now. It's not told in Mark and Matthew because it's already happened here in Luke. And only in Luke are we told to watch ourselves. Lest we be taken as a thief in the night. And I just showed that to you in the prior teaching. In Mark and Matthew, he says no one knows the day and the hour. Now, I'm going to get into a much deeper and more profound teaching of this right now. Here we go. Watch this. So let's go into the destructions of Jerusalem. Let's start off with where else do we see this in Luke besides Luke 21? Let's go into Luke eleven twenty nine. 29, I believe it starts. And we'll bring this up here so we can see it a little bit better. So Luke 21, and I believe it's in 29, maybe up till 32, 21, 29, 32. Yeah. Here it is. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong one. Go, go to Luke 11. I got to go to Luke 11. I'm sorry. Luke 11, 29. There it is. The sign of Jonah. Okay. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say to them, say, say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign and there shall be no sign given it, but the sign of Jonas, the prophet. Right? Okay. Now. For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, here it comes. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Jesus Christ is foretelling and telling us he's coming back. This is a future event. This is a future event. He's talking about the sign. The sign that's going to be given to the earth. And no sign will be given except the sign of Jonas. And then he tells us to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. He's coming back to the earth. Where where else do we see this? Watch this. Here it comes. Let's go to Luke 17. We're we're building now. Watch watch how we build upon this. Luke 17, 24. Okay. And this is where Jesus is also talking about when the coming of the kingdom is, right? For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under the heaven shineth unto the part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. What day have we been teaching? Didn't we just teach about the thief in the night? And that's only one day, one day that's very specifically. Very specifically, we can now prove that this night, this thief of the night, is the day of the Lord. Right here. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And we now know the thief in the night. That night is the first night of Passover. The day of the Lord. What are we looking at? What are we looking at in scripture? What is it just saying? The son of man be in his day, the first day of Passover. Drop the mic. The same night as the thief in the night. Again, he's telling us that as lightning cometh, so shall he be, shall also the son of man be in his day. He's coming back to the earth. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven, shineth unto the other part of under heaven, so shall also the son of man be in his day. He's telling us he's coming back. And very specifically, be in his day is the day as a thief in the night. As we just got through teaching you. Drop the mic. There it is. He's very telling us. He's very well clearly telling us in this verse. What day it is. Be in his day. That we see in First Thessalonians. For you yourselves know perfectly. Perfectly because we're under Luke. Because Luke teaches everything perfect, with perfect understanding. With certainty. And we've been instructed. For you yourselves know perfectly. That the day of the Lord. So cometh as a thief in the night. Drop the mic. And that's clearly what we're seeing here in scripture. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Be in his day. That's the day of the Lord. Drop the mic, brothers and sisters. Now watch this. Watch this. This we've taught before, but now we're going to bring it all together. What other day is this? Watch what happens on that day. Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. How do we know what time frame it is? Here's the triumphal entry. Didn't we just show this to you in in, in Brother Wu's teaching? That in Luke 7, it's in chapter 7, when the woman woman weeps with tears and washes Jesus' feet and throws her Her sins at his feet and her cares and her worries and her troubles and her problems. She throws them at his feet and in her heart. He's crying and her tears are pure tears of repentance. And Jesus knows her heart and he sends her on her way and he forgives her. Tells her her sins are forgiven because it's early on in Luke. That's us, the bride. We woke up several years ago, many years ago, maybe a year ago, maybe a week ago. But whenever you woke up, you woke up and you woke up with tears of repentance in your heart. And the Lord knows your heart. And he forgives your sins. And he's made you part of the bride of Christ. Understand how profound this is. That was in Luke 7 early on. And now here we are in Luke 19. And it's the triumphal entry. The trium- so the, the apostles. I showed you in Luke 9. Then he sends the apostles out. As a type and shadow of the bride going out. And teaching all the world. As we all have been trying to do. And waking people up. And now. It's the triumphal entry. It's a week before Passover. Look at the timing of this. So now we know it's a week before Passover, and we get the triumphal entry. And then what's the next what's the next story? Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. Sometime after the triumphal entry, sometime after Palm Sunday, Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. Understand the order. Because didn't we just show that to you? Didn't we just show that to you? What is what is uh What is being told to us? In Luke. Luke has perfect understanding. And he knows all things from the very first. From the very beginning. And he's going to write about them. And know them of certainty. And we're being instructed. So he knows. He has a perfect understanding. And he writes all things in order. Isn't that what we're doing? We're showing you in order. Triumphal entry. Palm Sunday, a week before Passover, and then what? So sometime, sometime right after the triumphal entry, sometime right after Palm Sunday, Jesus is being found to weep over Jerusalem. And when he was come near, he beheld the city, Jerusalem, and wept over it, saying, if thou had known, even thou, even you, if you had known even though at least in this thy day drop the mic there it is in this thy day what day what day if you had known in this thy day your day what day this day the thief in the night for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the lord there it is the day of the lord is cometh as a thief in the night what night the first night of passover Drop the mic over and over and over. We're proving throughout scripture and all these connections. In this thy day is the same day as the thief in the night. If you had at least known in this thy day the things which belong unto you. He's talking to the Jews here. If you had known in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace. But no. But now they are hid from thine eyes. So now we know he's talking to the Jews. This has been hid from their eyes. This day has been hid from their eyes. Drop the mic. If they had known this day, the thief in the night. But it's been hid from their eyes. So now we know he's talking to the Jews. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side. Here it comes. And they shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave thee in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Drop the mic. He's telling them. He's going to visit them. He's going to be visiting the earth. Here it is. I've showed this in many, many other teachings. Please watch our other videos. I go into great depth about this. And so now we know what? The time of thy visitation is what? In this thy day, the day of the thief in the night. Drop the mic in this thy day they did not know the time of their visitation what is this thy day for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the lord so cometh as a thief in the night and we know that the day of the thief of the night is the night they arrested our lord and savior was the first night of passover after the passover supper after he was praying in the in the garden they came to the garden and arrested him as if he was a thief in the night and that night brothers and sisters is the very first night of passover drop the mic it's being repeated right here in this thy day if they had at least known in this day they would have known but it's been hid from their eyes and they will be laid even to the ground because they did not know the time of their visitation he's coming back to the earth isn't that what we've been teaching everyone I want you all to think of this. And all of you naysayers out there, I want you to just hear these words and use some discernment. The scriptures of what happened before, the gospels of what happened before, are the types and shadows of the things to come. When Jesus Christ resurrected on the third day, was he, wasn't he not on the earth for 40 days? Yes, he was. Just like we see in the story in Genesis. The floodwaters were upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And I just showed you the floodwaters are who? The floodwaters are a type and shadow of the living waters of Jesus Christ on the earth. Just as he was when he resurrected, he was on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And we fully expect our Lord and Savior, after the bride of Christ is taken up to the kingdom of heaven, on the first night of Passover, where we'll be forever with our Lord and Savior forever. Our Lord and Savior is telling us. That the Jews will be visited. They're going to be, he's going to visit the earth. On this thy day. They're going to be visited. Just as he was on the earth for 40 days. After his resurrection. He'll be on the earth for 40 days. Giving great warning to the earth. Giving great warning to the earth. Of the things to come. And I just showed that to you. Where did we see that? What did he tell them in Luke? In Luke 11. What did he say? There shall no sign be given it. But the sign of Jonas the prophet. What did Jonah do? Didn't he give great warning to the earth? And told them in 40 days. Destruction is going to come. If you don't repent. 40 days. Jonah gave warning. 40 days. He's telling us there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonas, the prophet. And he says here, for as Jonas was assigned unto the Ninevites, right? Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites for 40 days. So shall also the son of man be to this generation. Drop the mic. There it is. He's t- wasn't Jonah assigned to the Ninevites for 40 days? Wasn't he giving them great warning for 40 days? And what does he say? So shall also the Son of Man be to this generation, and Luke is speaking to this generation of the bride. So shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. He's telling us he's going to be here for forty days. So for all of you naysayers, rewatch this video, rewatch this part, and read carefully with great discernment. These are the words of our Lord and Savior Yeshua Hamashiach, telling us, "So shall also be." The son of man to this generation. Giving great warning on the earth for 40 days. After we the bride of Christ escape off the face of the earth. And why? What's happened to them brothers and sisters? What has happened to the earth? I just showed you. Great destruction is coming. And he's weeping over Jerusalem. Because they did not know the time of their visitation. Now... Watch this. We get back to the, get back to this teaching again here, where we show. Let's go back into this one day and hour. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Jerusalem's destroyed. This is why we don't see it in Mark, in Matthew. Drop the mic. The story is missing completely. There is no foretelling of the destruction of Jerusalem in Mark or Matthew. It goes straight to the abomination of desolations, and then. When you go forward we see these stories again they're similar but they're not the same go back to our prior videos and you'll see i taught on these i taught about the coming of the son of man and the lesson of the fig tree and i compared them to mark and matthew they're completely different stories they look the same but there's different meanings behind it and then how do they all end luke tells us to watch in mark and matthew no one knows the day and the hour because the church is asleep they're not watching and matthew The Jews don't believe in Christ, so they're not reading the Gospels. This is why they don't know the day and the hour. But there's even a more profound reason we're about to get into this. What we're about to show you now are very, very specific reasons why everyone gets this all confused. Why are there many people running around saying no one knows the day and the hour? Because they're not watching. And also, there's a very, very profound reason, another profound reason. And I'm about to show this to you right now. The revealing of this great revelation is now about to be shown to you. Why are these people running around saying no one knows the day and the hour? It's so profound. Now, the easiest way to teach this is to start with Matthew. Because it'll make more sense when 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 I work in reverse order, it'll make more sense to you. So let me work this in reverse order, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, I laid out all three Gospels, Luke, right, for the Bride of Christ, Mark for the left-behind church. Oh, I got to move over a little bit. There you go. And then yeah, this is Luke, this is Mark, and this is Matthew. And what I'm showing you is I'm showing you all these stories. I'm showing you Luke is showing watch yourselves. Mark is saying no one knows the day and the hour. And Matthew, no one knows the day and the hour. And that, that's the Gospels I now have up on the screen. And I'm going to show you the differences and, and what they're really saying to everybody. Now, let's start with Matthew because Matthew will be the easiest to teach from because once you see this in reverse order of Matthew going first, as far as the teaching, then you'll see why it all makes sense. Watch this. Let me get a drink real quick. Okay. Now, This is so simple and so profound, it's just going to blow you away. No one has ever caught this before, except for my dear brother Wu and myself. Nobody that I know of has caught this. Watch what's really going on here. There's really a whole other story playing out here, way more than you think there is. Watch this. We'll start from the beginning. Matthew 24, 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came unto him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see you not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon the other that shall not be thrown down. Here's the critical part. Here's the revelation that blew this whole thing wide open. Watch this. Here it is. This is the answer. This is the answer to why no one knows the day and the hour. Matthew 24, three. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, The disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And when shall be the sign of thy coming? And the end of the world. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're asking him some questions. So let's clarify the questions and let's color code them. Let's color code the questions so we can follow the question and follow the answer to the question. Ready? Watch this. Let's go one at a time. So he told them, they're telling him about the buildings of the temple. And he's telling them, see ye not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon the other that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? Question one. Question number one in purple. Question two. And what shall be the sign of thy coming? They're not telling him the sign of these things. They're asking, what's the sign of his coming? And then that's question two. What's question three? And when's the end of the world? That's in the brownish color. End of the world is question three. Let's take one at a time. Question number one. Question number one. Tell us when these things shall be. And you're going to see that Jesus Christ emphatically answers all three questions in precise order. He answers them in the exact order in which he's asked. And I got them color-coded so we don't lose it, right? Watch this. Tell us when shall these things be? When shall what things be? When shall the stones be thrown upon one another in the city? When shall this happen? When? When shall these things, there shall not be left one stone, there shall not be left here one stone upon the other that shall not be thrown down? When? When? Want to know when? Watch this. Here's question number one. He's going to start telling them the answer to this question. Here comes. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. When you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, Stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let him which be in Judea flee to the mountains. Behold, I have told you. He's told them what? When these things shall be. Drop the mic. Here's the when. When shall these things be? When you therefore shall see the abomination and desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place. He's answering this question. And he says, behold, I have told you. Drop the mic. This is the answer to question number one. When shall these things be? And he says, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Behold, I have told you. The answer to question one. Drop the mic. Let's go to question two. Here it comes. Watch this. Now what's he saying? What are they saying? They're saying question number two. And what shall the sign of thy coming be? They're not asking for the sign of when these things are. They're asking him, when's he coming? What's the sign of your coming? What's the sign of thy coming? Question number two, right down here. Question two, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. He's about to answer the question. And then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. In in these entire verses here, these three verses, he's telling them what is the sign of his coming. And when is it? Immediately after the tribulation then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven drop the mic they're asking for the sign what what shall the sign of be and they're telling him the sign shall appear the sign of the son of man shall appear in heaven drop the mic he's now answering question number two and watch this other profound thing when he's answering question one and he tells them you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that ye be not troubled for all these things shall be shall come to pass but the end is not yet. What was the last question they asked him? And the end of the world. They're asking him, when is the end of the world? And he's, and, he's, and he's pausing and saying, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled of all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. He's saying the end of the world is not yet. See? It's clear. And he goes on to tell them when these things shall be. When therefore you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. That's when these things shall be. But he also says here in Matthew 24, 8. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars. What? All these are the beginnings of sorrows. The beginnings of tribulation. You see? These are the beginnings of sorrows. The beginnings of tribulation. But now when he's answering question 2 of the sign of his coming. What does he say? Immediately after. The tribulations of those days. So now we know the beginnings of sorrows is tribulation. Drop the mic. There's the answer. And I taught this in the last couple of videos. That these sorrows is the beginning of the tribulation. But here he says immediately after the tribulation of those days. What days? After the beginnings of sorrows. So here tribulation begins. And when? When they hear of wars and rumors of wars. Aren't we now hearing of wars and rumors of wars all around the world? And now these are the beginnings of sorrows. These are going to become the beginnings of tribulation. It's going to be the beginning of tribulation coming. The 12 years. Remember the story I just taught you in Luke 2? When Jesus was 12 years old, they found him in the temple. It's the beginning of those 12 years. The beginnings of sorrows. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. They're asking when's the sign of his coming now? After the tribulation of those days. After the beginnings of sorrows. Is this question number two? And the last question they ask him. And the end of the world. Here it is. Here's the answer to question number three. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. Drop the mic. He's answering question number three last. And that's how it ends. It ends with him answering question number three. They're asking him, when's the end of the world? But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. Drop the mic. Brothers and sisters, there it is. The 2,000-year-old statement that everyone runs around and loves to talk about, that no one knows the day and the hour. The church doesn't know the day and the hour because they're not watching, they're sleeping. And the Jews don't know the day and the hour because they've never come to christ but in a more profound reason in a much more deeper profound reason that i've just laid out to you it's because it's the third question that they asked him he's giving them the answer they're asking when's the end of the world but of that day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only drop the mic so when someone comes to you and says no one knows the day and the hour show them this teaching Let them, too, have a great understanding. Teach them still. Even if they won't listen to you, teach them still. Because one day they're going to be longing to see these teachings. One day they're going to be longing to hear these words and see these teachings and have this great understanding. Brothers and sisters, in Matthew, there's three distinct questions being asked. And Jesus answers them in complete order. The when shall they be? is when they see the abominations of desolations. The sign of his coming question is being told to them. They're going to see the sign of the Son of Man appearing in heaven. And the end of the world, he's telling them, but that day and hour knoweth no man. Drop the mic. There it is. Brothers and sisters, you just can't make this up. The mystery is finally solved. Brothers and sisters, it's very clear. That Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is answering these three questions in the exact order in which he was being asked those same questions. And Jesus Christ is very clearly telling them that no one knows the day and the hour for the end of the world. Not the rapture. Not the escape of the bride. He's not telling them no one knows the day and the hour of the rapture. He's not telling them no one knows the day and the hour of the tribulation. This has been misunderstood throughout the ages he is not telling them no one knows a day in the hour of the rapture he is not telling them no one knows a day in the hour of the tribulation he is clearly telling them no one knows a day in the hour of the end of the world but the father himself brothers and and sisters this mystery is clearly solved once and for all drop the mic Let's go, to, let's go to Mark. <clears throat> let's, go, let's go over the gospel of Mark right now. Watch the difference. Watch the difference in what's being asked and how Jesus Christ answers those questions of what's being asked of him. It's not even clearly the same questions. Watch this. There's something missing here. <clears throat> we'll go through it together. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering said unto them, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be one stone, one be, be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. <clears throat> and as he sat upon upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? They're not asking him for the sign of when he's coming. in matthew the second question is what shall the sign what shall be the sign of thy coming they didn't ask him that here in in mark the first question is very same the same very same question when when shall these things happen when shall there be things that uh there should be not one stone left upon another but the second question is different look at how different it is and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? They're not asking for the sign of when he's coming. Let's go to Mark thirteen form. Let's dig into that. What does it mean? Tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of when these things shall be fulfilled? The sign of when these things shall be fulfilled. they not asking for the sign of when he's coming. It says the sign of when these things shall be fulfilled. When is that? <clears throat> Check it out. The end. When shall the end be? Drop the mic. That's what they're asking him. They're asking him, when shall be the sign of the end? When shall these things happen? And well sh- when shall the sign of the end be? Isn't that what they, the same thing they said in, in, in Matthew? The end, when shall the end be? But what is? But they ask it slightly different. They're saying fulfilled. Fulfilled. But it means to end. When shall the end be? Here we go. Let's answer the questions again. Let's take them one at a time and watch Jesus Christ is clearly in order. If you follow the numbers, they're in order. The same thing with Matthew. I've got them in order. I didn't take them out of order. They're being answered in order, in order, in the exact orders in which the scriptures are written. Jesus Christ is answering all three questions, question one, question two, question three, in order. Now we do the same thing in Mark. Watch how he answers them in order. When shall these things be? When shall these great buildings shall not be left one stone upon another? When? And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not ye troubled for such things must need be, but the end shall not be yet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <clears throat> There's a slight difference here. Did you all catch that? The when is different. When shall these things be? He tells them when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. When is the when in Matthew? When shall these things be? When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Drop the mic. Do you see? It's different timelines. It's different timelines. There is no when here. Look, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. It doesn't say when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. The when is when they see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. That's the when for Matthew. The when for Mark. When shall these things be? When you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Drop the mic. Why is that important? Why is this so critical? Because it's exactly now. This is what I'm trying to explain to all of you, brothers and sisters. We are hearing the wars and rumors of wars and commotions right now. And we, the bride of Christ, are about to escape. And once we escape, isn't isn't the left behind church still hearing the wars and rumors of wars this is the right now even for mark it's the right now they're they're with us right now hearing the wars and rumors of wars that's when these things shall begin and he's telling them there shall be one stone left upon another why because what what are we teaching he foretells the destruction of jerusalem didn't i just show this to you the destruction of jerusalem comes first It's not mentioned in Mark or Matthew because the destruction of Jerusalem already occurred. And that's what we see. We see it. We actually see it playing out right here in Mark. When shall these stones not be left upon one another? When you hear of wars and rumors of wars. The very moment, the very timeline we are in right now. Didn't I just show everybody the overlapping? Right? Aren't we hearing of wars and rumors of wars right now? Right now. And on April 15th, when this bride of Christ vanishes off the face of the earth, the very next day, there's still wars and rumors of wars. And isn't that when Mark's timeline begins? See it? It's the overlap. Drop the mic. This is what I've been trying to teach everybody. For well over two years now, there is an overlap. When we, the bride of Christ, escape off the face of the earth on the first night, the night of watching, the night that's now known as the thief in the night, as we just all learned. Our eight years of tribulation come to an end the first day of this Passover where we will be taken as the bride to the kingdom of heaven to fulfill Passover in the kingdom of heaven. As I just taught you in the last two videos and also reviewed with you in this video. And now when we vanish off the face of the earth on this day on April the 15th, 2022, and we're taken off the face of the earth, there's still gonna be wars and rumors of wars the next day. And that's when the timeline of Mark begins. And that's what we see. We see it playing out. It's clearly playing out. When shall these things be? When you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Drop the mic. That's when the when is. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. Here it is, the beginnings of tribulation. Isn't that what I just showed you? That the timelines overlap. And when we're gone, off the, when the bride of Christ is vanished off the face of the earth, this is still going to be wars and rumors of wars and the great tribulation begins. These are the beginnings of great. Sor- These are the beginnings of sorrows, the beginnings of tribulation. And then it says this most profound thing. I'm going to get to this in a second. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. It doesn't say this in Luke. I'm going to get this in a minute. In Luke, it only says this in, in uh, Mark. And there's a hint of this in Matthew why why is he saying the gospel must be first be published among all nations because the bride of christ has just escaped we've escaped and now the church the sleeping church has to publish to all the nations the gospels and it's the same thing in matthew there's a hint of this having to be taught in matthew too. the gospels have to be given to all the earth that one verse in here but i'll have to get back to it and add it to it but there is a verse in matthew same thing where it talks about the gospel the gospels must be published among all the nations it's very similar in matthew i'll have to i'll have to add that back in there later why because the bride has escaped understand that now now they mark in matthew's group have to publish the gospels throughout the earth because they've watched us escape off the face of the earth they've seen us the bride of christ escaping and now they believe in the gospels with all their heart. Now. Now they're going to have to be searching for the Lord. Isn't that what I showed you in the the gospel of Luke, in Luke 2, for the birth of Christ? And when Jesus was 12 years old, they were looking for him. And he said, why are you looking for me? Don't you know I'm about my father's business? And what's his father's business? Teaching the gospels throughout the earth. And that's what he's saying here. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. The nations must be taught the gospels. In the timeline of Mark and Matthew. Because the church was sleeping. They missed it. They weren't diligently searching for the Lord. And the Jews never believed in Jesus Christ. That's why the Gospels have to be published throughout the whole earth, even for the Jews, because they never came to Jesus. They're going to have to come to Jesus now. So he answers the first question of when? When they hear of wars and rumors of wars, because they're sleeping. We, the bride of Christ, when we, I want this profound statement to hit you right now. We, the bride of Christ, are watching these wars and rumors of wars. We're watching it happen. We understand what all these things mean. Our eyes are open, our ears are open, our hearts are open. We understand what these wars and rumors of wars mean. And we see this similar thing in, in Luke. I'll show you real quick. Here it is When you shall hear of wars and commotions. You see, it's in Luke also. That's what he's telling them in Mark because they're hearing the same thing we're hearing right now, but they don't understand it. They don't understand tribulation is about to begin but we do that's why he says when shall it happen when you hear of wars and rumors of wars the same thing you see in luke the bride hears it too but we understand what this means the sleeping church hears it but they don't understand and he tells them this when you hear of this it's the beginning of your sorrows the beginning of tribulations and you're gonna have to first teach the gospels unto all the nations so he's answering the question when right here and when shall the sign be when these things shall be come to an end what does he say what does he say? But in those days after tribulation, after the beginning of sorrows, you see now it's the end. It's the end of Mark's time. The sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. These are the signs. He's, they're asking when's the sign, right? When shall the sign be? After the tribulation. That's when the sign shall be. The sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in the heaven shall be shaken. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Here it comes. Here comes the answer. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the son, but the father. Drop the mic. When shall the end be? No man knows. You see? Do You see why it's only in, in Mark and Matthew? They're asking for when, when the end of the world is going to be. He's saying after tribulation, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of which are in heaven, neither the son but the father. He's telling them the end of the world is after tribulation, but of that day of the end, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels which are in heaven, neither the son but the father. Drop the mic. Only in Mark and Matthew are they being told. No one knows the day and the hour because they're asking the question of when the end of the earth is. What question is missing? There are different questions. The sign of thy coming is missing. Why is that question missing from Mark? Because Jesus does not come back during Mark's tribulation. Drop the mic. Isn't that what we just taught you guys? Isn't that everything I just taught you? Here it comes. What do we just say? The bride escapes here of our eight years of tribulation on the earth trying to warn everybody. And 12 hours later, Mark's timeline begins for their six years of tribulation. Jesus Christ does not come back during Mark's timeline. That's why the question is missing. That's why they don't ask him, when is, what is the sign of your coming? Because he's not coming during this time of Mark. Drop the mic. When does Jesus come back? After the full tribulation. After the full twelve years, and the Passover of twenty thirty four, and then what I showed you. When the seven trumpets are completed, then in the Passover of twenty thirty five, when Jesus Christ comes down on the uh, feet down on the Mount of Olives, that's when His return is. That's when His return is. Isn't that what he's being asked? In in Mark and Matthew when shall the sign what shall be the sign of thy coming and he tells them immediately after the tribulation isn't that what i just showed you after the tribulation after the great 12 year tribulation i just showed that to you he's answering the question and then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven drop the mic he's answering the question of when He doesn't come back in Mark's time. He comes back after the 12 years of tribulation on the earth. He says, they ask him, what's the sign of your coming? Immediately after the tribulation of those days, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. He's coming after the tribulation. And that's clearly what we see when we look at the charts, brothers and sisters. Isn't that what we're looking at? After the tribulation, the 12 years, the 12 years when Jesus Christ as a a child was found in the temple teaching, As I showed you in Luke 2, he comes back after the full 12 years of the tribulation. You see? Mark is for the seven seals. The timeline of Mark is for the seven seals. And then Matthew is for the timeline of the seven trumpets. And their timeline ends in April of 2034 for the end of the 12 years of tribulation. And then it's going to be after that, the next Passover, when Jesus Christ is feet down on the Mount of Olives for the millennial reign. And this is what they're talking about in, in um, No One Knows a Day and the Hour. The sign of his coming. This is why that question, the sign of his coming, is missing from Mark. Because Jesus does not come back during the timeline, the first six years of tribulation under the timeline of Mark. That question is not asked. And Now, brothers and sisters, the moment you've been waiting for. let's go to the Gospel of Luke. The gospel, the only gospel we're told to watch. Let's see how that plays out Here comes, Let's read it together. And as some spake, and as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, "For as these things which ye behold, the days will come." in the which there shall not be one left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? Wait a minute. Different questions again. Different questions, right? The first one is, when shall these be? As for these things... Ye behold, the days will come in which there shall not be one stone left upon another that shall be not thrown down. That shall not be thrown down. When? First question number one When shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? See? The question of the sign is different in each gospel. What sign are they asking? When these things shall come to pass, when the stones shall not be left upon one upon another. They're not asking about the sign of his coming. They're not asking about the sign of the end of the age. They're asking when these things, when shall these things of the stones not being left upon another, one upon another, when shall this occur? What's the sign of this occurring? They're asking him when will this occur and what's the sign of this occurrence? They're not asking him that in in Mark and Matthew, watch. In Mark, they're asking of the sign of the end of the age, right? What's the sign of the end of the age? And he says, no one knows the day and the hour of the end of the world. It'll be after the tribulation. See, he's answering it. After the tribulation, this is question two. He's telling him it's going to be after the tribulation. But at the end, no one knows the day and the hour. No one knows the day and the hour of the end of the world. And now in Matthew, he's asking, they're asking him, what's the sign of his coming? See, in Mark, they're asking for when is the sign of the end of the world? And he tells them it's after tribulation, but no one knows the day and the hour of that, of the end of the world. But in Matthew, they're asking about the sign of his coming. And he tells them, immediately after those days of the tribulation, immediately after the tribulation of those days, then they shall see the sign of the uh, the son of man in heaven. Now he's coming down to the earth. Now he's coming down, feet down on the Mount of Olives. Do you see how it fits our timeline that I just showed you? Isn't that what we're seeing? Down on the Mount of Olives. In 2035 Passover. The end of tribulation. The 12 years is 2034. But then Jesus will be down on the Mount of Olives. In 2035 Passover. And this is precisely. Precisely what we're seeing here. They're asking what's the sign of his coming. And he's answering them. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That's when he's coming down, feet down on the Mount of Olives. And then he answers their question of the end of the world. No, know, knoweth no man. It'll be after the tribulation. Just like we saw in Luke. He's he's answering. I mean, like we saw in Mark, he's answering it correctly. He told him in Luke in, in Mark 2 When is the end? It'll be after tribulation, but no one knows, no man knows at the day and the hour of the end of the world. Same thing in, in, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew. He's telling them, the end is after tribulation, but the day and hour of the end of the world knoweth no man. You see? So the sign in Matthew, they're asking for the sign of when he's coming. In Mark, the sign they're asking for is the sign of the end of the world. And in Luke, the sign they're asking for is when is the destruction. What's the sign of the destruction that's coming? When is the destruction coming? And what's the sign of the destruction? Do you see? They're different questions. All three Gospels are asking different questions. This is why, brothers and sisters, we tell everyone, you must, you must have great discernment when you're reading these scriptures. And you must check every single word. Do not gloss over the words just because you think you understand it. Check off each word and see if each word appears in each of the gospels for the same story just as i've done now do exactly what i just did have great discernment and check every word check every word against the same exact story make sure you're in the same story not a story that sounds like it not a story that has you know similar people or similar things or similar objects or people or words make sure it's the same story in the same time frame And then check every single word, check every word, and then you'll see the differences. You'll clearly see the differences. And how does he answer these questions? Watch this. When will these things happen? When will there not be one stone left upon another? But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. He's telling him the end of the world is not coming, but you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars, right? When are these things going to happen? Isn't that what he says in Mark? Isn't that why it's the same thing in Mark? Because they're living through the same timeline we are. When shall these be? When you hear of wars and rumors of wars. That's why it's the same, because the sleeping church is watching everything that we're watching, but they're sleeping. They don't realize this is, this is going to be the escape of the bride. They don't understand the times and the seasons, but they're watching the same thing we're watching. They're seeing the wars and rumors of wars, aren't they? This is why we see it in, in, in Luke also. When shall these things come to pass? When one stone won't be left upon another? When, when, but when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and commo- I'm sorry, but when you shall hear of wars and commotions, but be not terrified for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights, and great signs shall be there from the heaven, from heaven. And when you shall see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, then know that the desolations thereof is not. He's answering it plainly. When, when you see Jerusalem, not Israel, when you see Jerusalem encompassed by armies, then know the destruction. Desolations means destructions. Is thereof? Isn't that what they're asking him? When shall this be? When shall there be a time when there's not one stone left upon another? When you should say Jerusalem encompassed with armies, then know the desolation destruction. This one stone left, not left upon another. This destruction is nigh. He's clearly answering the question. And aren't we watching it happen now, brothers and sisters? Aren't we watching the armies gathering around the earth? And Jerusalem slowly being encompassed by different countries, different armies. They're, they're rumoring and warring rumors against Jerusalem and Israel. Aren't they doing that? We're watching it happen. But because we are awake, we know. We know. The escape of the bride is imminent. But the sleeping church is watching the same thing. They're watching the wars and rumors of wars, aren't they? Right here. When? We you hear of wars and rumors of wars. Okay? But they're, they're not understanding this is the time. They're not understanding the times and the seasons they're in. But we do. As we're told in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 and 2. This is why he says, Brethren, I have no need to write unto you because you know perfectly the times and the seasons right that's what we just taught in, the, in, in just uh, about an hour ago in, the, in, the, in one of the prior teachings so in luke when shall these things be when you hear of wars and commotions and when you see jerusalem compassed with armies know that destruction is near and what sign question number two now what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass when shall there be not one stone upon another what's the sign what are we going to they're asking what are we going to see what's the sign of this happening how will we know when this happens what's our sign what should we be looking for and now he proceeds to answer question 2 and there shall be signs in the sun in the moon in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring signs in the sun and the moon and the stars signs In the sun, in the moon, in the stars, signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, blood moons, drop the mic. Haven't we been teaching this, that we've been following these blood moons? We've been following these blood moons for the last several years, and more so in this ministry for the last two years now. Signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars. There it is, the blood moon. And what's this blood moon eight years ago? About an eighth day like we're seeing in Luke 928 when he says about an eighth day 41514 is what right here the blood moon blood moon of 41514 is eight years from when we have Passover again this year on the same date. the same date. the blood moon appeared on Passover on this date and now eight years later. On the same date, it's Passover again, the first date, eight years. This is why in Luke uh, 9, 28, it says about an eight days. Drop the mic, brothers and sisters. It's upon us. We are here. And what do, we, what do we see? When we get back to this teaching, what are the signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars? We've been following. And if any of you seen some of our prior videos from last year, You'll see very clearly. We taught about the, the, the signs and the stars and the moons and, and, and the moon and the sun. We've taught many many videos about this. So please, please go watch our last few uh, several videos, and you'll see that we taught all about this. When, what is this sign? Aren't we following the signs, brothers and sisters? Aren't we been teaching from the signs we've been given? The Lord is clearly telling us: when you see these signs, you'll know the destruction is coming. When you see Jerusalem encompassed, you'll know that destruction is coming. The desolations are nigh. And what does he tell us? What does he only tell us in only found in Luke, the bride of Christ? And there could be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. And upon the earth, the of nations and perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. And when these things come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. So likewise, when you, when ye see, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Drop the mic. You, your, ye. He's talking to the bride. Your redemption draweth nigh. Lift up your heads. Look up. Lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. When you see these things come to pass, when you see these things, when you see Jerusalem encompassed, when you see the signs, know that your redemption draweth nigh. The kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Drop the mic. Nowhere in Mark or Matthew does he tell them their redemption draweth nigh or the kingdom of God is at hand. Here it is. Take a snapshot of this. We're going to make this all available to everybody probably in the next 24 hours. I'll get all this together and, and, put it on, um, and put it on the YouTube channel here after the video. Probably sometime tomorrow, uh, within 24 hours, I'll upload all of these things we just taught you today. There are, they will be available for everyone to look at and, to, uh, and, and to, to go through on your own and go through the Gospels. And you'll see nowhere in Mark or in Matthew, nowhere. Does he tell them at all while he's answering the questions? See, he's answering the questions for the Jews here, right? He doesn't tell them to look up, their redemption draweth nigh. He doesn't tell them to look up, and the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. In Mark. Nor does he tell them to look up, your redemption draweth nigh. Look up, the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. He doesn't tell them that at all. He talks about the tribulation in Mark. He talks about the tribulation in Matthew and their beginnings of sorrows. The beginnings of sorrows and tribulation. But nowhere in Mark or Matthew does he ever tell them that when they see things come to pass, look up, lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. Bride of Christ. Your redemption draweth nigh. So likewise when you see these things come to pass. Know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. For the bride. Drop the mic. Oh there's more. And take heed to yourself. Lest any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering. And drunkenness. And cares of this life. So that they come upon you unawares. See, he's telling you, don't let that day come upon you unaware. What day? The day of the thief in the night, the day of watching. For as a snare shall it, what it? That day, you see? For as a snare shall it come upon you on all them that dwell upon the face of the earth. This snare, what is it? What is this snare? And it shall come upon all them that dwell upon the face of the earth. What does he tell us? He leaves us with this. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the son of man. You see, he tells us, look up, lift up your heads, your redemption draweth nigh. When you see these things come to pass, when you see about the wars and rumors of wars, and you see Jerusalem compassed about, and when you see the signs in the sun and the moon, know, know that your redemption draweth nigh, know, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And take heed to yourself, lest any time your hearts be overcharged and suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life, that, that so that day come upon you unawares. We're not going to be unawares because we're watching. And he tells us to do so. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch you therefore, he tells us to watch and pray always that you may be counterworthy to escape all these things. That shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. He's telling us to watch for what? So that we're not unawares. Isn't that what we just taught everybody in the story of the thief in the night? To watch. To watch so that this night does not come upon us as a thief in the night. The night where Jesus Christ was arrested as if he was a thief in the night. There's only one night in all of scripture. Where Jesus Christ is arrested as a thief in the night and that's the first night of Passover and that's the night he's telling us to watch against to watch against that night to remember that night remember the night he made the covenant the same night he was arrested as a thief that's the night to remember that's the night of watching that's the night that's called the thief in the night for you yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night and he tells us Watch you, therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son the Son of Man. You see, brothers and sisters, he's answering the questions in order, but the questions are different in each of the three Gospels. He answers them all clearly in order, as I've showed you, but the questions are different, and he answers them clearly and in order. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we perfectly conclude That only in Luke for the bride of Christ are we the ones that are watching so that day doesn't come upon us unawares the day of the thief in the night. Because now we know we are the light. We're leading the way for the rest. We are lighting the way for the rest of the world to come to this understanding that it's only in Luke. We the bride of Christ, the light of Christ are shining and leading the way to watch. And pray always that we're accounted worthy to escape all these things. To escape these things that are coming to pass upon the earth. What things? The beginnings of sorrows. The tribulation. The beginnings of sorrows. The tribulation for both Mark and Matthew. Nowhere in Luke is the tribulation mentioned. Nowhere is the beginning of sorrows mentioned. But he tells us about our redemption. Drawing nigh. The kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Don't be caught unawares. Watch and pray always that we're accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the son of man. Brothers and sisters, it's very clear that we, the bride of Christ, and only we, the bride of Christ, who have our eyes open, our ears open, and our hearts are opened, we understand to watch and pray always that we're found accounted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the son of man. It's only in Luke where we're told that our redemption draweth nigh, and the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. And to keep watch so that we're not caught unawares. We, the bride of Christ, brothers and sisters, is the only gospel where it tells us to watch. And Jesus is answering the questions correctly, in order, and telling us why we need to watch. But only in Mark and Matthew are they being told no one knows The day and the hour, because the question that's being answered is when is the end of the world? And Jesus Christ clearly tells them of that day and hour, no man knows. He tells them it's after the tribulation. It's after the tribulation, but the end of the world knows no man. No man knows the day day of the end of the world. He's answering them honestly and correctly. And the same thing in Matthew. He answers their first two questions in order. And he answers the third question in order. And the third question is, when's the end of the world? And what is he saying? It's after the tribulation, but of that day of the end of the world, knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. Drop the mic. It's very clear, brothers and sisters. There's no ambiguity about it whatsoever. Jesus Christ is clearly answering all three questions. Brothers and sisters. I must say to you, when anyone asks of you or tells you, no, no man knows the day and the hour. Clearly show them this teaching. Clearly show them what we've talked about tonight. Brothers and sisters, every word in the Gospels makes a big difference when it comes to the pure understanding of what the Gospels really are telling us. So read each word carefully. They may sound like the same stories, but they are not. Just like the story in Bethany that we went over at the beginning of this video, Brother Wu did an excellent job of teaching everyone the four different Gospels, the four different stories, and the different timelines in which those stories are being told. Brothers and sisters, it's very, very clear. These three Gospels are telling us clearly different stories. And we can clearly see that only in Luke are we being told to watch. But in Mark and Matthew, they're being told no one knows the day and the hour of the end of the world. He's answering the question that they asked him of when the end of the world's coming. And he tells them no man knows the day and the hour. He's answering them honestly. Brothers and sisters, drop the mic. The mystery of no one knows the day and the hour has now been revealed to the whole world. To the whole world, this mystery is now being revealed. And I also want to thank Brother Wu and his diligence and his brotherhood in assisting me over the last few months and putting this together. We've been working on this slowly. We've talked about it many times, um, but now we've finally been able to put it into a video form uh, that's understandable to everybody. So thank you, Brother Wu, for all your diligence, your hard work, and your love for helping me put all this together. This has taken a long time in coming, and I think it's time that the whole world understands That no one knows the day and the hour because Jesus Christ is answering the question that they asked him. And the question they asked him is, when is the end of the world? And he tells them no man knows that day and hour. Brothers and sisters, we have been chosen as watchmen. We must now complete our jobs as true watchmen. Let us all come together as one voice in one accord, as one family, as one bride of Christ. And blow the trumpet and sound the alarm as we see that day approaching. We are being watchful for that date that we see approaching. And as watchmen, we are informing the bride of Christ as to our findings. Do not be caught unawares. Be awake. Keep watch. We must continue to march forward and proclaim his holy name and his holy word unto all the earth. And as I do, brothers and sisters, I'm going to share a picture with you that we've been sharing from the inception of this ministry. Keep the faith, brothers and sisters. Keep in the race for your souls. Keep, keep in the race for our eternal life with our Lord and Savior. Stay the course. Stay on track. Stay in prayer. We are almost home. We are in the fin- final days of this race. The finish line is straight ahead. Keep marching on with great faith. He has promised to escape us, his bride. The bride is not appointed to wrath. Brothers, just as we are told in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We, the bride of Christ, await our tabernacle's event with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The victory is ours, brothers and sisters. Let's lift each other up in these times of trials and tribulations as we see that day approaching. Go in peace, love one another, edify one another, and spread his holy gospel into all the earth. Be of good courage and of great hope to one another. Go out into all the world and proclaim his holy word, his holy gospel, and the good news. Spread his word, anoint your family and friends, gather his flock, bring them in during these last of days. This is our duty as watchmen and the bride. Gather his sheep in his name. Anoint them as I have anointed you, as we did during our anointing ceremonies in in our Sword of God Discord channel. Brothers and sisters, this will multiply his flock. This is our duty as he would have us do in these, our last of days. And as we always do, brothers and sisters, we're going to read from some scriptures and end the video for the night. And as we are told in Luke 10, 23 to 24, and he turned... Him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. And isn't that what we've gone through all night long with the blessed teaching of Brother Wu and the differences in the Gospels and the teachings that I have done? Haven't we shown you and haven't you seen the things that you have seen tonight? And haven't you heard the things that you have heard tonight? That clearly show us the day as it, is, as it is approaching us. John 15, 16. As we are told, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. In Hebrews ten twenty five, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves to, together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, so much the more as you see the day approaching. And don't we see that day approaching, brothers and sisters? Do we not know the day? Of course we do. We just went through it over and over again today. That day is the day of watching. That day is known as the day of the thief in the night, when our Lord and Savior Yahshua HaMashiach, after having his last supper with his disciples and after having prayed in the garden, they came upon him as a thief in the night. And that night, is the day that's approaching the day of the thief in the night the day of watching the first night of passover and brothers and sisters after this teaching today we all clearly see that day approaching and as we are told in hebrews 11:6 but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him and that's what we continue to do. That's what we continue to strive to do in this, in this ministry, brothers and sisters. We continually strive day and night to diligently seek him. And this is why, brothers and sisters, we are the bride of Christ. In the hallmark verse of this ministry, Luke twenty-one thirty-six: Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And we will always keep watch until we see clearly that day is upon us and coming soon, April 15th, 2022, the first night of Passover. And as we see in Revelation twenty-two sixteen, 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And as we are told in Luke nine twenty-seven, but I tell you of a the truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death. So they see the kingdom of God. And we, brothers and sisters, the bride of Christ, will not taste of death. We shall shed our earthly skins and take on our heavenly bodies and see the kingdom of God. In my favorite verse, brothers and sisters, Revelation twenty-two seventeen 17 and Revelation 22, 20. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. He would testify if these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Brothers and sisters, as I always do, I leave you with this. Keep the faith, keep in prayer, and keep watch. God bless each and every one of you and your beloved families. Amen and amen. God bless you and your families always.